we're back again with VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on episode number 95. As always, if you can leave us a review, great. Uh, get us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. I'm Steve Lillis, and uh, you know my, my great power here in the top corner. I think he's got a bit of Under Armour on there tonight. It's John Evans. You okay, John? I am, Steve. I am, Steve. You've got to bring your knowledge when we've got a Ron Lewis on, so yeah, well, got to be top of your game. I've come up with a couple topics here where I'm just going to throw to Ron. <laughs> one, I've, well, one Ron's picked. He's got, I know he's going to be just going to sit there for three minutes. But yeah, as you say, a very good all-round journalist, Ron Lewis, good friend of mine. And I'll say this often, he's one of those who's forgotten much more than many of his press row colleagues um, do. They just may be a bit more louder than Ron. Ron doesn't need to go around telling you what he knows because he's forgotten more than what most of them know. But anyway, that's just my opinion on uh, some people. But Ron, thanks for coming. I think it's the third time we've we've had you on on uh, the podcast. And thanks for coming on. Always, a, always a pleasure, mate. I know you've been busy with cricket today and QPR, so to get you on is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, you know, I mean, I love coming on. You know, it's like you know, two great pals and and be able to talk boxing, and that's what's better than that, really. Yeah, but as John said, no slip ups. What we'll do, John, I for once will be pretty quiet tonight. So just in case Ron shows me <laughs> up, mate, Ron's one. That of makes those me wish. John actually done research. Ron's run those three or four. If you don't know something, you can always be wrong. He'll know. I'm not just saying that because he's on there. And he supports QPR, which is, you know, not one of Fulham's rivals, but I don't never hold that against Ron. <laughs> anyway, um, we'll kick on. Mr. Evans, have you got your watch and everything? Everything's ready, yeah. And uh, first, what I'm going to start on. You ready, um, John? Yeah, I'll go. The, the um, few um, retired fighters certainly seem to be raging about um, the YouTubers. Uh, Carl Froch, who heard him the other day, was very angry about them again. I heard him on a podcast the other day on the the George Groves podcast and Tony Bellew, Bellew is out. But what is it? I'm just seeing what you guys think make them despise these YouTubers so much. Is it the money they're earning for, um, you know, just for acting up or um, performing? Well, what do you think, Ron, make, has made um, people like Carl Frotch and Tony Bellew despise these YouTubers? I, I think there is... Um... Uh, I, I think it's possibly the money, possibly the attention, but I, I think it's where you need to in life. You kind of need to get away from a sort of social media agenda because if you just believe the things you read on social media, personally, for starters, you'd have a very skewed view of politics, but in boxing, you'd have a very skewed view of boxing because, you know, this is this is where these guys make it. And, and you would think that despite a rather strange comment that was put out by from supposedly from KSI this week, you would think these guys kind of know their place. And um, I don't know, do you liken it to, uh, you know, to something like, do you remember that film Man on the Moon about Andy Kaufman, the guy who was out of yeah. taxi and he went into wrestling and that sort of thing. And he sort of fooled around and that sort of thing. And it was all, you know, he played it up and got hated. And that sort of, it, it's kind of like that. You know, no one can possibly have any illusions about how any good how good any of these guys are. The the weird crossover bit is is the obviously the um, Jake Paul, Tommy Fury bit. You know, which is you know let's let's face it. If if BT have been happy to plug away that Tommy Fury is supposedly capable of being a world champion, then 
what on earth is going on with him calling out KSI and Jake Paul and that sort of thing. But if you actually put it back in the reality of they're all they're all in, in him included are actually you know TV crossover celebrity fighters, then then it's kind of harmless. It's yeah. it's the worry is if if it ever gets to the stage that boxing isn't happening because they think they can make more money out of this. And that that would be a worrying development. But I think it's got a shelf life, isn't it? All these things have a shelf life. You know. I tell you, I, I think these um for people like Frotch and Bell, you've got a bit of a right to be pissed mm. off at the money these people are earning because they they came up on the hard way, didn't they, Frotch and Bell yeah. in particular? But a lot of these modern fighters, I think they're fed up that the YouTubers are actually better at doing what they want to do. These mm. modern fighters want 20 fights to build the profile and earn big money and don't want to fight anybody. These YouTubers are just building the profile, not fighting anyone and earning a load of money. And I, I think the boxers, the modern boxers who are complaining about it are just a little bit jealous. At least what? Bellew and Frotch put the put the hard yards in them. We've got a little bit of right to be to be fed up at these guys getting easy money, I suppose. Yeah, the way um Frotch and... No, sorry, um, sorry, Carl Frotch, Paul, um, Jake Paul and Tommy Fury again. The way they go in, Jake Paul be considered more of a serious boxer than Tommy. So at least mm. he's active and having proper fights. Proper yeah, fights, and then yeah. exhibition last week with a mate of a... Uh, luckily, one of the camp... How that exhibition come about last week? Luckily, a guy that used to train in Bolton was it li lives there now, and that's how they got him in for that exhibition at the last Yeah, week. with Matt Bianco, yeah. Yeah, so they were very, very lucky. That's the time, Steve. All right. Round two, one of your topics, um, Ron, um, King Arthur Baturbief. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, the complete opposite end of the scale is um, yeah. how exciting is it that a guy like Baturbief comes over? Yeah. I mean, we grew up in an era where, you know, the idea that you'd be able to see these big stars ever in the flesh would be, you know, would, would be amazing. It would be like a dream trip to go to America to see you know, one of these guys like the Turbio or whatever. And, and, you know, it's one of the great things of boxing in recent times that we've got to see people like Golovkin come over here. I mean, Spence was obviously on the way up and Crawford was kind of on the way up when they came here. So, so, but, um, you, you know, and I mean, going back to my, you know, proper youth, you know, Alexis Arguello came over and boxed you what? And then there's, there's that kind there's that kind of name, isn't it? But Turbio, you know, great fighter. And and I just think it's wonderful it's coming over. I think Yard's a perfectly worthy challenger. Yeah. You know, you'd certainly, you know, it's, it's all a question of if Baturbiev's getting a bit old now. But, um, you know, I just think it's a great fight. It's a great occasion. Wembley Arena, you know, let's face it, great old great old arena. Marvin Hagler won his world title there. And, um, and it's just very exciting. Of all the disappointments we face in British boxing, the idea that someone as good as Baturbiev is coming to Britain to box is just fantastic. Obviously, Lomachenko, Usyk, Klitschko, those guys, you know, it really kind of is, uh, I mean, it's been more with Usyk, but it kind of is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to see these guys in the flesh for a lot of fans. And I, I think it should not be missed. Um, obviously, hopefully down the road, he'll fight... Um, He'll fight Bivol, who was once his spot, was his sparring partner for the London Olympics, and they the coaches asked Bivol to go um, to go Southport to help him prepare for Usyk, which didn't really help him much. But um, you know, there are some great fights in that division, and um, yeah, hats off to Yard stepping up and not trying to win a you know a vacant belt, and hats off to Baturbiev for coming in. Yeah, 
Do you know, the other thing we're guaranteed with this is that it's going to be a good fight, isn't it, as well? The styles, yeah, yeah. They, we'll give it, it'll get the big build-up. It's a fight that'll catch on with the newspapers and the, the wider public because of Yard's uh, personality, the way Yard fights and Baturbiev's record, and it's not going to disappoint. Baturbiev's going to come to fight. Yard, mm. he's not going to, I don't think he's capable of outboxing Baturbiev. He's going to have to, have to mix it at some point. He's explosive. I just can't, don't think this can fail. Baturbiev's a huge favourite. But I was talking to Frank Warren the other day and it's like Yard's Ben McClellan moment, isn't it? You know, yeah. he's going to be written off. He's going to have to bite down. He's going to have to fight through some things. But what a night it's going to be. I, I can't wait for it. Yeah, look, yeah, Ronnie and now Ed, he's very deserving, Yard. And I got, I, I love the fight, like, like like you two guys do. But something that you mentioned on social media, um, when you were, we were talking about the retired fighters and YouTubers and opinions on social media, there's been no respect for Yard at all. No respect <laughs> at all on social media, which backs up your point you made earlier on. He's very heavy-handed, and Baturbiev can be hurt early doors. So who knows what could happen? Those first two, three rounds... Are going to be the yeah. ones you don't turn you you don't turn away from a second. You know what? He'll go into that fight confident. He oozes it, and you know what? He'll go. I think Baturbius. I mean, Joe Smith was about five minutes, but I think it's about five minutes action in just over two years when he gets in the ring for Baturbius. Mm. Great be fight. Thirty-eight by the time he gets. Great the ring fight. As well. It's great to have someone like as you say Baturbius in the country, Ron. I mean, you we just you know I go back years and years and. Buster Drayton died and um, passed away sadly today. And I remember I was at the Boy, Wembley on the Sunday night when he beat Mark Kaler and Bone Crusher beat Bruno. And yeah. that was one of the first oh, times yeah. British boxing was seen live in America. It was a Sunday, it was for NBC Sunday afternoon shows. So, you know, yeah. that was one of the first times in 1984. So it shows how far it's come. So many British, these big names coming over here because that was a rarity back then. And Drayton and mm. Bone Crusher were just known as very good Americans, not brilliant Americans at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, Buster Drayton beat um, Jimmy Cable before that as well. Who's, yeah, I've looked today a few months earlier. Well. Yeah, he sadly yeah. passed away. Um, John, um, a, a fight I guess you were going to talk about today is your sort of fight, Zach Parker, John Ryder. Yeah, really, really good fight. Um, quite, not Maybe not quite Baturbiev yard level, but this is one of those... Um, it's been overlooked again, and another fight that's been overlooked. I think this is a cracker, one of these British super middleweight fights that we all love. You know, it's the, the typical man's size, typical man's weight, isn't it? And it just that weight division just seems to latch on with, with the general public. Um, a real clash of styles. You know, you've got Parker, big, tall, rangy boxer. I think he's pretty heavy-handed, Parker. But apart from that 12 rounds he had with Darrell Williams, where he fought it all with a completely dislocated shoulder, um, pretty untested. And then you've got Ryder, who's been there and done it, proven himself to be a world-class fighter, Ryder, in the last few years. I thought he beat Callum Smith, although it, some people would toss a coin. And Jacobs was a little bit faded, but Ryder still gave him a, a hell of a fight and got the decision. I, I think it's... Uh, I'm not entirely sure what's going to happen either, and that's the sign of a good fight, isn't it? Um, you could see Ryder out hustling him, pushing him around and, and just using his experience, or you could see Parker keeping it long and hurting him with body shots. I think it's a great fight. The winner's definitely world-class, definitely in line for a, a deserved world title fight. And, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this one. Ron? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a proper test of level for to see how Park, good Parker is. Yeah. We can't, I mean, 
Ryder has been amazing last last few years. Oh, well. You know, you know, there was a stage obviously after he lost to Saunders and he lost that fight up in Manchester, didn't he? And um, you know, where it was like kind of like, well, he's sort of found his level and he's he's so pushed beyond that now. He's so he's so done well for himself. But obviously you would think with Parker, based on his last few fights, that he has the potential to be better than you know, to be better than that and to actually go up and, and be a really good super middleweight and really sort of like, like you know, be at the next level. And But, you know, he's got to win this. But it's a serious, serious test for him. Serious test for him. It's a proper 50-50 fight. Yeah. Again, I love the fight. Been overlooked, sadly. Um, I know people like Ron will be over it, covering it, but not, not enough people will. I, it sounds silly to say this because he had that... Um, John Ryder had that win over Parker. I just think there's a bit more momentum with with Parker right now. Mm. Um, you know that that Vaughn Alexander win in 21 that wasn't a bad win at all. You know Alexander's had a couple half decent wins since then. You know I, I just think Ryder has got to just turn that clock back a little bit. To, yeah. to well, he's, he's off the Jacobs win. Don't forget he's the off Jacobs the... win. But I mean, I think Jacobs was a faded fight. I just th- I and know I thought I Jacobs sounds... nicked it actually. <laughs> yeah, but there you go. Yeah. You know what? And I just think there's that run with Parker at the moment. Every so often, a, a fighter has 18 mm. months in their career where they're pretty near enough untouchable, apart from an elite level fighters. And I just think he's going through that now. Zach well, here's, here's one for you. Do you think this is a better fight for Zach Parker than Andrade? Do, which, which? Yes. Oh, I'd think, have this. I'd have this. You'd take this because Andrade, I don't think he ever really fancied it, but he could have turned that into a real stinker. Andrade's and Parker, really... He would have shown Parker things he'd never seen. I think this has actually worked out better for Zach. He's yeah. let some injuries heal. He's fighting a British opponent, which makes a lot more noise. And I think style-wise, it helps Zach as well. Oh, style-wise. And Andrade's mm. one of those fighters. If he fought for three minutes around, what he does for a minute in a lot of rounds, what what a fighter he would be. Oh. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. But, you know, it's just strange how his career's gone, isn't it? It's so strange. You look back at how good he looked when he, um, he fought Brian Rose yeah, in, in years New York. ago. And he looked like he was going to go on to, well, this is going to be the next, next, you know, next big star kind of thing. But God, it just hasn't happened, does it? Right. Uh, round four, one, I think we're going to be really good on. Um, maybe the, the name of the round's a bit strong. An pretender or contender. Adam Azim and all the hype about him. Um, he's six and zero, but there's been pressure on him from the first fight. I certainly look, Sky are doing a good job. Boxer are doing a good job. It's not the way the pressure was put on him so early in his career on Sky commentary when it was the world champion thing, the the, the, the new Amir Khan. He's been brilliantly matched by Carl Greaves. And again, on Sunday, Ryland Charlton's a great opponent for him in his seventh fight. And it's, it's one where you could fancy him making a statement. And I think the one that maybe shows him for real is Jordan Ellison stopping him, I think, in the, you know, really doing a job on him after about three or four fights. Ellison's, you know, one of the better gatekeepers domestically. Ron, you, you know, you're down in London. I guess you spent you've spent a bit of time with Adam and must know him well. well. Ironically, today I've been speaking to him. I went over to the McGuigan gym and I was chatting to him today. And I'll tell you something that will make everyone in everyone on here feel old. It's like um when Amir Khan won his Olympic silver medal, Adam Azima just turned two. <laughs> and um <laughs> And but it's amazing how much um I don't know how much of it's been reported this this kind of background because he's absolutely been involved in boxing. He took up boxing at four, 
And at six, he went to see Amir Khan fight twice in two big fights. When he was six years old, he went to the Gomez fight in Birmingham. Oh, great. And he went up to Newcastle to see the Salita fight. And imagine as a six-year-old going being in... I mean, that's that's as vicious an atmosphere I've ever seen as that that fight up in in Newcastle when Salita came in the ring. And um, he was there. And um, and now he's, he says Amir is kind of like one of the family to him. I think um, I think he's in a great gym to keep his feet on the floor. I think that's a real sort of good gym of hungry fighters. If you think of the guys that are there, they're sort of like Billum Smiths and the Daniel Dubois and the people like that. And um, I mean, Coley's kind of there, but he might not be kind of there at the moment because um, um, he's got a lot going on. You don't really know what's yeah. happening with his career, but um, but I think that's a good and he's a good coach. Um, shame for actually keeping their mind on it and helping them develop. And he, you know, there won't there won't be any people jumping up and down behind him. You know, saying saying strange things into his ears. He'll he'll be um he'll, he'll keep on the right track. And I think if they keep matching him right as they are, I think in in a couple of years it could be a very serious fighter. Like, you got to be realistic about what level he is now. He's headlining a Sky Show, but he looks spectacular. But you've in all these cases, you've got to say he is at, you know, he's kind of area title level, isn't he? So, yeah. you know, in the next sort of like eight to ten months, maybe you get the British title level and then then that's when things really start working. Yeah. In, well, in an ideal world, Ryland Charlton would get on his chest and push him around for a few rounds, yeah. only, but I, I don't think he will. I think this could, like Steve said, I think it could be a real statement, this for Adam. I think he'll just be way too quick, way too powerful and Ryland... Well, if Adam's been in the sport since he was four, Rylan, he was involved in the sport, but he went around the world and looked on yeah. beaches for a while, didn't he? So yeah. that's no form to come into a fight with someone like Adam. I, I think it could be a bit of a, a real bit of a statement this for Adam Azim. Brilliant. I've taken we overrun there, have we, John? As well, oh, yeah, always do. We're on Lewis's arm. <laughs> we just leave it to Ron. Now, round five. Um, Rob, I know you want to talk about the Hergovic situation, Ron, but you've got three minutes here to tell us what's happening with the heavyweights and Hergovic and everyone because it just seems as messy as ever when these mandatories get put out. Well, what's meant to be happening is that, um, pre- presuming Tyson Fury beats Derek Chisora, he's meant to be fighting Alexander Usyk. In Saudi Arabia, Riyadh, at the end of February, possibly first week of March. That's what's meant to be happening. What actually happens, obviously, um, unfortunately, the IBF have rather um, messed things up by calling um, Hergovic as their mandatory. Now, what ha- normally happens with unified titles, and it's worked perfectly well for a few few years, is that uh, if you've got a multiple champion, they take it in turns. Now, by that notion, the next one in line for Usyk, who's the unified champion, should be Daniel Dubois, should be the WBA. That's the longest to go um, voluntary because Pulev was the last IBF voluntary for Joshua, which wasn't that long ago. But unfortunately, as they tend to do, because let's not forget that the IBFs um, stripped Tyson Fury of his title within, so, yeah. was it 16 days yeah. of beating Klitschko? And, um, you know, Hergovic, well, you know, it's hard to blame Hergovic because he's got to look after his own career. And they've called for straightaway purse bids, which doesn't help matter at all. And so they're going to try and force um, Usyk to fight him. Now, the thing is, everyone will say, oh, well, just forget the belt, just forget the belt. 
But that's not quite how Alexander Usyk thinks. Alexander Usyk wants to be undisputed champion. He was undisputed champion at Cruiserweight. He wants he wants to fight Fury, not because he particularly wants to fight Fury, but he wants to be undisputed champion. So what unfortunately looks like is that it could end up being Hergovic and Usyk for the three titles. And it will be interesting then to see how the WBA will take this because they might say, well, why are you fighting those? Um, why are you fighting those voluntaries? What mandatories rather are not our one? And so the next question will be, the only thing we do know is that WBC have said to Fury that the unification fights takes priority over any mandatory. The next uh, mandatory for WBC for Fury would be Wilder and Ruiz winner. Yeah. And um, at the moment, they're certainly saying that Usyk takes priority over that. The WBA are kind of saying that as well. Is, is that really nearly fell over then? Was that the WBC being a... A voice yeah. of a voice <laughs> of reason in the heavyweight division. Strangely, the WBC <laughs> can be a voice of reason. If, if, you, if you look at a lot of things, they they are they tend to be the most amenable to things. And they, you know, and they, they they tend to you know all these things get lost in the negotiations, don't they? But they it's something that actually Suleiman is trying to push forward is the idea when you get multiple when you get a unified champion. He wants to put to the others that the mandatory should fight each other for the right to be the 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 one mandatory challenger. Yeah. That's what he he is proposing. The others are the ones sticking to that, and I think everyone would agree with that because a right. the problem with mandatories the problem is mandatory the problem is not mandatories mandatory should happen because if a guy should be able to fight yourself to the top of the rankings and get a title fight. That's that's yeah. basic common sense. It shouldn't be dependent on how many tickets he can sell or who what network he's with or how, how much money he makes. A boxer should be out there now. Um, obviously, if you have a mandatory, one of the mandatories fight another mandatory, that would be a big fight. It'll be back to like, the 70s, almost the 70s, when it'll be a, a sort of proper contender fight, a proper contender. The trouble with the IBF is particularly is that they have this strict rule that you've got to fight an eliminator and you end up with these eliminators, people they want, and you end up with guys in eliminators who aren't good enough. And then you end up on the back of, oh, he's won a final eliminator, or he's won an eliminator being number two. It's like, yeah, but who do you beat? And um, too often that is happening. And you've got to try and find a way to make mandatories better or mandatories more worthy. And until they've fought a guy who is worthy, it shouldn't merely be a case that, well, we we made a, an eliminator because there was no one else. He should actually have a worthwhile fight to get a shot of the title. Right. Ron, there you go. You went on about five minutes there. I knew you were clear <laughs> up the heavyweight and tell everyone what's happening. Right, our final round, John. Um, too much of a good thing. Yeah. I, I mean, a little bit of... A modicum of common sense has come in by them moving one of these shows this weekend to a Sunday afternoon, which I think is quite a good idea, a bit of a something unique. But at one point, there was four shows scheduled for London on the same night this weekend. Now, that to me just makes absolutely no sense, you know, for, for many reasons. You know, can you so you've got four shows in four big arenas in different parts of London? Ticket sales are going to be affected, viewing figures are going to be affected. There's not going to be enough opponents to go around, so you're going to get poor imports coming over, getting blown away. So the quality of the show is going to go down. 
nobody wins apart from the fighters getting the payday. You know, boxing's battling a little bit for to keep viewers, I think, because of the poor fights that are on off of the poor Saturday night shows we're getting. Watering it down like that, I just think rather than rather than being all excellent, there's so many shows you can take your pick on Saturday night of watching all the shows. It has the complete opposite effect. There'll be fighters on those cards if they're all on at the same time, and it will happen to a certain extent, who just get completely overlooked. People will be flicking channels while they're fighting, looking for some looking for another fight to watch. So yeah, it's great being on TV, getting exposure, but you're battling against three or four other shows all vying for people's attention. You actually get lost in the mix. Someone could score a really impressive, hard-fought eight or ten-round decision over a good opponent, but because it's not thrilling and exciting, people are flicking channels looking for a knockout. I, I just think it's it, it does more damage to the sport than good, having all these shows in the same city on the same night. That's why I could go on about it for a long time, yeah. but... The, the negatives, negatives of it far, far, far outweigh the positives. Yeah, I agree with you. But, you know, you, you just go back again. You know, you go back you, back to the 80s and when you could have, I think it was seven or 14 days, you wasn't even allowed another show in London. Yeah. Um, it, it was, and you know, I just wish, and we've, we've said this before for the sake of fans, I wish something more could be done, you know, but I don't see what the board can do. You know, yeah. it's going to take promoters who, who can't even be in the same room as each other to sit down and thrash this out. And also the problem is there's only certain time. One thing promoters moan to me about is um, even, even on the small hall promoters is, um, is venues. You can only have to take the venues at certain time. And look I, how many, look at the, how the, the tickets will have been split. Like oh, Ryder Parker deserves 10,000 people at the old two. White Franklin that's taking some people that should really be at Parker Ride. It's just completely diluting the number of fans who... The atmosphere at these fights will suffer because people who would have bought tickets are having to choose and pick. It, I, I, I just and can't all see the publicity gets divided. I mean, yeah, you know, it. yeah, it's yeah. diluted. You know, you know, what ends up happening is a lot of shows, neither show will get coverage. No. And, uh, and I mean, I know it's up against the World Cup at the moment, that sort of thing, but at the same time, you know... What are we doing? I mean, I haven't actually checked yet, but um, I'm assuming they've got even press conferences on the same day. And and it's just ridiculous. And uh, it's just, you know, so they're forcing people almost to like say, oh, do you want to cover that fight or do you want to cover this fight? I'm actually accredited both fights on Saturday yeah, night. But, um, but um, you know, I'm I'm leaving that to um, the offices at Boxing Scene for which one I go to. But, um, but and it's a terrible shame because I'd like to go to both. And I'd like to give proper publicity to both, but you know, the bottom line is, 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 is um, it's TV companies fighting against each yeah. other and promoters fighting yeah. against each other. But I, how and... much of it do you think is down to the ego of the people making the decisions in TV offices and and promoters? Eighty percent. Yeah. I mean, I would, I think you know that it'd be interesting to say which was up first, but surely we're looking at channels in DAZN and BT Sport who have if you, if you look what is their general sort of Saturday night stuff I mean DAZN wouldn't have any problem you know putting on a different day um, there's due to be nothing on on December the 10th really is there I mean December the 3rd is obviously Fury December the 17th Sky have got a show but Tense, you know Tense Warrington in Leeds isn't it oh sorry absolutely sorry yes I'm going that as well but um, you know 
we 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 end up with this situation at the end of the year that that we run out of Saturday nights and but why does it have to be on Saturday night if if you're just crushing up there? I mean, I think it's a nice move they've gone to the Sunday for the Sky yes. Show. Um, you know, there are enough flag Saturday nights through the year that you you hope you can get a decent fight on. Yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is, and I think it's something we'll come back in twelve months' time, and the same argument will be going on. You know, because when when a TV executive at BT looks at it, well, the zone going that night, so what? So are we? They don't think yeah. of the, the you know the man in the street who might switch from app or whatever, have a MacBook or an iPad or one and a TV screen on the other. Um, I still think it's, I think it's a problem that's not going to go away. I mean, it's a mad week. You got also in London on Friday. You got Harlem Eubank Tom Farrell. I know yeah. it's your call. That must already be the the biggest watch fight of the weekend because it's on Channel Five. Also got a couple of small halls and I think Saturday you got the BT the Zone show. There's five small hall shows. Around the country, Saturday night. Here's a perfect example. I'm just looking on box right now as we're talking. On the card, on the actually, maybe you'll get away with it, but people will be maybe a bit bored of watching boxing by Sunday afternoon. Sam Gilly is fighting on Sunday afternoon on the Sky Show. Now, Sam was in one of the best fights you'll ever see recently against Danny Ball. It, you no, know, it was a tremendous fight yeah. on, on TV. His fight will get lost. You know, he'll get no publicity. He's in some sort of title or an eliminator, isn't he? He's in a title fight, but Sam was in an absolute thriller and he looked a good fighter to watch, a TV-friendly fighter. He'll get no publicity this weekend. He'll be completely overshadowed because there's three other shows. I mean, mean, it'll be a test effort to see if they can actually get it together enough to not run the main events at the same time. Yeah. You know, and and because... And and you've got to remember, this weekend, there's no... I mean, there's, there's World Cup going on, but there's... There's no Premier League, so you know, would one be better off sticking their main event on at nine? Surely yeah. nine's not a nine should be an ideal time for a main event anyway. You know, should be absolutely. I mean, almost guaranteed they'll both be set in the ring at ten thirty. And unless you've got a good TV deal from America, there's no reason to be on at half ten, eleven. And and I think I may have seen Parker Riders on ESPN. One of their um, outlets, ESPN Plus. So that means that's yeah. not going to get in the ring till half ten at the earliest. I shouldn't think. And if White yeah. F- Franklin's, like, I mean, I don't know how, how the zone think um, when is they're showing British shows what time they want them in the ring. I guess they're not as We're a very global global view. For it, yeah, they? so they can go in at any time. But I'd be surprised if Parker Ryder was nine o'clock. But uh, be fantastic if it was. Yeah. Anyway, fellas. Um, Great having you both on, especially you, Ron. I told you I could just sit and be quiet tonight, John, and <laughs> when Ron's on. Uh, but thanks very much for coming on, Ron. Um, uh, we'll get we'll get, we'll get back to you in a few months. Enjoy whatever fight you go to this weekend. I'm gonna watch Parker Ryder and flick flick um, as my main what, fight. If just they before we finish, because none of us picked a winner. What do we all think of Parker Ryder? I'm going Parker. I'm going to have Parker here. Yeah. I'll have Parker oh. on points, yeah, but Parker's, maybe, maybe Ryder closing him a gap late. Yeah. yeah. And I'll come on here and I'll be wrong next week. So. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> fellas, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Ron, brilliant having you on. I hope Queen's Park Rangers uh, climb back into the playoffs and we can have four West London clubs maybe in the Premier League next year. The mighty well, Fulham. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping one or two of them will drop out. Brentford and, Wall- Brentford and Wallam Green FC. There's always a hope that lot could, could cave in, isn't there? 
we can't even mention their name, can we, Ron? We're there. <laughs> and of course, and, and best of luck to your son, Stan Lee, playing for Middlesex and um, training all through the winter. I know he's, he seems to be flying last season. Absolutely. Very proud of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm very proud for you, but he should be should be going over the river to Surrey. But there you go. That's a debate for another day. You got to get into the cricket, thanks, John. Thanks, John. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. Cheers, fellas. For all boxing info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro across the north, click and subscribe. VIP boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.